this God. God is too much. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's have our seats. Praise God. So, on today's edition of my DCC story, featuring Mark. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, food and nominal, I'm a storyteller. So, I'll start by saying, story, story. <laughs> once upon a time, there was once a boy. <laughs> Praise God. All right, so I'm just here to share my story, uh, my DCC story, and I sincerely hope it will bless you. I sincerely hope it will challenge you. I sincerely hope it will stir you up, um, and it won't just be a story, okay? Okay, so, I mean, it's my DCC story, but honestly, I call it my life story, because since I joined David's Christian Center, this has been my life, you know, and... Um, in all, one thing I would say is that I've had zero regrets about joining Davis Christian Center. I hope that's your story. So, um, I joined DCC in 2009. I remember I had just f um, finished NYSC then. But if I take the story back a bit, I was born into a Catholic home. And um, I think when I was about 10 or so, um, I, my, my mom changed church, so I started going to a, a Pentecostal church. So that's how, that's when I, I think I became born again, like around 11 or 12. So, you know, this, we started doing some small, small things. And I remember the first time I healed somebody. I, you know when you heal somebody? And I was praying for somebody, and the person like, ah, that, I had a headache, and the headache has gone. I'm like, eh. Like, it shocked me, it shocked him. It shocked the healer and the healer. <laughs> oh, my God. So, you know, it's just funny, you know. But growing up, like that, um, so I've kind of always been in the church somehow, one way or the other. The so the previous church I was in, I was there till 2009 actually. And um, one thing about me was, is, or one thing about me was, because I repented somehow, is that I, I didn't like Serenity when it comes to doing God's work. Like, let's just do the work. So there you have to, you have to do workers um, training, then for workers' training, after you do workers' training, you have to come for workers' meeting early in the morning. I never did that training, all through my years in that church. I always had one excuse. I dodged, at some point I was in boarding house, so I just dodged computers. I'm in boarding house, so. but when I, when I was there, I would work. I was in the choir, so I would work. And I, I, I was working very well. I was not, I was not in the bar, I was working. So this coming, working non-worker, because I was working, but I was not really a worker. I had not, my name was not in the workers' register. And all this coming from midweek, mid what? What happened in the middle of the week? What, the Sunday grace is not enough. <laughs> so, sometime in 2009, um, prior to then, I, I had been having a growing dissatisfaction with the place I was worshipping. Now, not because the word of God wasn't being preached there, but you know when God wants to send you somewhere. You just, you just makes you uncomfortable. So I, I, most time I got uncomfortable there. And um, on a, personally, I'm not one to hop churches. So I'm not me personally. Meme. You cannot invite me to your church. You can't come and say, oh, there's crusade. Or there's crusade. See, yeah, let heaven be falling in your house. I said, heaven will reach my own church. I will not. So that was, so even, despite the fact that I wasn't really getting fulfilled and everything, but I was like, well, we'll make it work here. And that was, that was how we were you know, going on. So I, I had never heard of David's Christian Center, to be honest. And funny enough, my brother actually joined DCC from Rochester Garden, my other brother. But, you know, I just, I just knew we were going to a church in Rochester. I never knew anything about the church. I never heard of Pastor K. I was that focused on my ministry. I was focused on my day, my day, day, my lane. Everybody else, you know. So, um, so a friend invited me for LDM. Because that was the only thing that could get me to the, that could have brought me to church. Because it was a different program. I was like, okay, mission program. Okay, let's see what's going on. And then I stepped in. I sat down. Then was at um, John's base. And I sat down there. And I was. Ah, I don't think Pasuki was just preaching. I knew Pasuki was. Uh, I could, I, if, honestly speaking, if I don't know if I had spiritual eyes then, I don't know. It felt like there was a lion behind PK. 
when he was talking. I could see the power, the authority. I'm like, ah. I had to ask the person beside me that, sorry, this pastor, did he come from Winners? Because the university I attended, um, I attended Common University, Bishop, Bishop Oedipo. So I'm like, did he come from Winners? I had to ask. I'd, I'd never seen Pastor K before. I'd never heard of him. But I could see the spirit. This is why you need to honor your man of God. When you honor your man of God, his spirit goes with you. So, but honestly, you know, after I sat down, I, I, I can't remember one word of what Pastor K said that day. All I knew was that as I was packing my load to go home that day, I had changed church. <laughs> I had changed church. I just went home. I didn't say anything, you know. And the next week, Sunday, like this, everybody gets ready to go to church. I just carry my own load. I said, God, I'm going to, I'm, and normally I'm the one that, you know, I'm a bit of a choleric and a male mix, it's a bad combination sometimes. So I'm the one that's always ginger. And my brothers, they are both flags. So this, let's go to, let's go, we need to go early to church. Mm, I didn't even stop there that day. They were asleep there. I just woke up in the morning. Somebody got time to go to church. I wait for us. Don't worry, don't worry. I'm going to another church. Eh? It was like, okay. So I came to CC, enjoyed myself, came out for first timers, whatever, whatever, whatever. The next Sunday, I said, I'm going to church. My mother, and then my mother was a minister in the church, so it was a very, it was a very touchy situation. How ah, can a minister's child leave the church? What are you teaching your children? So, so when I came back, I, said, I also came out and said, you know, let me just be honest, open with you. I've, I, I don't pot, though. My number, I don't they pot table with me. Say, I don't pot. I, I said, I've gone. And it was strange. I know, it was like, oh, no, it felt like um, we we're going to come back. <laughs> They, 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 they've not come to DCC. They don't, they don't know DCC. <laughs> they don't know my DCC. <laughs> and I left. That was the last, I mean, the service before that LDM. That was the last <laughs> service I attended. I never went back. Some people will say, ah, oh, because I finished serving now, pride, my shoulder don't high. I said, thank you. Made the shoulder high, make sure they get the blessing where they go. It's not, nothing personal. Salvation is personal. But as soon as I stepped into David's Christian Center, I felt like I was home. I felt like this was the place I, 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 I was meant to you know. I, just, I was just happy. I was comfortable. And as God will have it, in my office, there were David's Christian Center, Pastor Jethro was in my office, Mr. Nika was in my office, Pastor Maka. <laughs> so, they were everywhere. But I didn't even know them then. All I knew was Pastor Maka lived in Festac. She had a car. I did not have a car. So when I said, and then she was a pastor, by the way. And I, I would highlights, I'll, I'll get to why I'm emphasizing that point. But then when I see her packing her load, I just tell my guys, ah, sorry, oh, my ride is going. <laughs> Unless you have another option. And where I worked was a high-pressured environment. So unless you have that. And so seeing her boldness. So in fact, that one thing that inspired me. Because it's the kind of office where you can kind of, you, yes, your letter says 8 to 5. But you cannot just really leave by, why are you leaving by 5? Are you mad? Like, what's going on? Like, you still have work, you're not busy. Yeah, you're not busy. You're leaving by 5, so, oh, you're, you're not busy. When you come the next day, they will make you, they will make you busy. But consistently, when Wednesday, 5 o'clock like this, and we're all in the same open space, and I'm sitting up from there, you say, copy and paste. So, Mark, what's it? I said, I'll continue tomorrow. And I used to come early to work. So, I, I was a responsible worker. I used to come early. So, I'll come early and I will. So, that's another balance. You can't say, oh, because of church, you'll be responsible at work. No. So, I don't I'll follow. I said, I said, how a person could just bold like this, five o'clock, pray like this? Oh, Jaffa. I don't know. All of us, Jaffa, we'll Jaffa together. So, but then I still, I, I still just come on Sunday mornings, you know. I was just, my, my mind, I was saying, let me just ease into this thing. So when Pastor Maka said, oh, so when Pastor Maka found that I used to, because I said, okay, now, midweek service. <laughs> I said, I'm sorry, like, is it that the pastor did not preach enough? I, I, I honestly, for the life of me, I could not understand why I left the church two times a week. If I could, if my present, my past self would look at my present self now, you say, ah. You won't, you good. I, I couldn't understand, and don't, don't get me wrong. It's not like I, I was, a, in my mind, I was a good Christian. You know? Like, I was okay. Like, I was loving my God in my own personal way. So, I, there was no, I was not feeling judged. So, I was not under pressure. So, then, Pastor Mark, then they would drive 
but they said there's no space again. So when everybody was depressed, I said, ah, this is normal. I've been some bread now. What's going on? Normal, let's go. Come here. Come here. Let us go and continue. We move. Every lesson I learned, every of my life lessons, both personal, at the work, everything I've been able to apply in God's house. Wherever you find yourself, see, God, 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 I said, remember I said God is the what? Best talent manager. You are the talent. Now, in companies, what talent managers do, they say, okay, what's the best, how best can we train our talent so that they can fit in certain roles? For instance, if you want to make somebody a finance director, and he's in, if there's a career path that's supposed to be a finance director, there are some certain skills he or she has to have before getting to that spot. What the talent manager does is he ensures that that person gets all the required knowledge, all the required skills before he gets to that spot. Do you think God will not do the same? In your businesses, in your schools, in your families, the experiences you go through, every single thing you go through in this life is all for him. And it can be used to bring glory to him. Question one, what are you doing with your experiences? You have good people skills. You have good relationship skills. Are you using it to be counting, doing body counts up and down? Or are you using it to talk to people, to mentor people, to bring people into God, to make people understand God, understand who God is? What are you doing with your training? Because every experience, every experience, trust me, every experience can be used for good. The experience of Jesus' death is not for the ultimate good. When devil thought he was ending, he didn't know he was ending himself. Every experience. So God is the best talent manager. And wherever you are, understand that you are planted. When you come to the David Christian Center, when you come to a church like this, understand what, what are you doing here? You're not here for the fun. You're not here for the jokes. You're not here for the, you know, for, you know Pastor K is one of the most... Sorry. Okay, the was Larry's pastor I've met. Like when I was like, when I, I'm like, how pastor, how pastor be this chilled? Why? Why? So some of us are here. Oh, mm, beyond being here, because no, the, the other the time that they did a survey, or oh, why, what, why you come to church, something like that. A lot of people chose oh, because of pastor. Okay, it's great. That is the attraction. What, that cannot keep you here. What is keeping you here? Is it the girl that is sitting beside you in church? Or the tall, tall, dark, and handsome guy you've been eyeing. Or the people that are sorting you. Because some, just trying to speak, some people come to church to beg. What's keeping you here? What are you doing here? Why are you here? Why are you staying here? You need to find that reason. You need to understand that reason. And you need to start living in that reason. Because that's when it's going to make sense. Because when you understand your reason, nothing will shake you. You can't be saying, oh, I, I'm living David Christian. Why? And I look for business opportunities. I didn't find it in David's. So you came to God's house for business opportunities. How will you explain that to God on the last day? Because I sent you somewhere. I said, eh, but there was no business. God says, I'm, I'm your business. Praise God. And you need to understand something. When you are planted in a place, when you, when, when you begin to walk. Now, there's a difference between walking and it's walking well. Because the Bible even says, and the last one, will say, but God, I saved you. I healed, I healed the blind. I did And Jesus said, I don't know you. There's a difference. And you cannot walk well without sacrificing. You're sacrificing your time sacrificing your resources, sacrificing your mental capabilities, sacrificing everything, everything for God, everything. Projector, help me with um, 2 Samuel chapter 24, 24 to 25. See, when the Bible says that David was a man after God's heart, you need to understand, you need to understand how crazy David was. Now, in the earlier part of this, of Psalm, first, um, 2 Samuel 24, the Bible said that God was upset with Israel. Hmm? God was upset with the Israelites. God incited, or maybe he sent someone to incite David to 
count the Israel. And then, you may say, ah, but census, not a big deal. It was a big deal to Israel because the idea of having census is to gauge your military strength, to see, you know, it's like uh, we have soldiers. But Israelites didn't depend on their numbers. They never depended on the numbers. They depended on God, one number. So that was actually a grave offense. The amazing part of this whole story is that the census took nine months plus. God will, no, <laughs> fear God, though. Fear God. God was upset with the Israelites. He then incited David to do a census to count the Israelites. So David, thinking he was his own idea, went and counted the Israelites. They took nine. But God was not patient. God was patiently waiting for the finish. When to finish? When he now finished counting, he now guilty conscience and said, "Ah, I have, I have wronged God. What I have done is bad. I'm feeling bad." God said, "Very good." He now sent his servant. Then asked him, "Say, ah, because you have committed this thing, choose one. One." Your enemies will chase you for three, three months or something. There will be famine for seven years. And the last one, there will be pestilence in the land for, for three days. David said, I would rather fall into the hand of God than the hand of man. Hey, David. And true, true, people were dying. So there was a plague. People just people said dying all over Israel. So over, over 70,000 people. And eventually David saw, no, and he, God had compassion. Now, Let's go to 2 Samuel 24, please. Um, verse 24. Now, God then instructed Samuel through his prophet, um, David through his prophet, that he should... Please put the scripture, please, projector. That he should make a sacrifice. Now, let's read verse 24. It says, but King David said to Arona, like Arona, <laughs> no, but I will... Buy it for a price. Now, before this, the place David was supposed to make the sacrifice was somebody's land. So the guy said, ah, take it to, like, the king, take the land for free. David said, no, I will buy, I will not offer burnt offerings to the Lord, my God, of that which cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and oxen for 50 shekels of silver. Verse 25. David built there an altar to the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. So the Lord heeded the prayers for the land, and Israel's plague was stayed. Give me the amplified version, AMP, specifically. Mm. AMP of that, of that verse 25. Praise God. David said he will not give God that which costs him nothing. What is your service costing you today? Are you serving God conveniently? Are you serving God at your, at your own convenience, on your own terms? What exactly, like, what's it costing you? Praise God. Now, see this version. It says, so the Lord was moved to compassion by David's prayer for the land, and the plague was held back. The Lord, God is moved by your sacrifice. God is moved by your sacrifice. What are you sacrificing? To serve? So, I mean, there's the, are you serving in the first place? If you're not serving... <laughs> Go and serve. They're in the service. So it's not just about serving. Are you, what, are you, what, what are you letting go of to actually do that service? What has it cost you financially? What has it cost you in your time? What has it cost you in thinking of solutions of how you can make the church better, of how you can come up with follow-up plans? See, you don't need an altar or you don't need a, a podium to do work in God's house. I can tell you that for free. You don't need a, every, in every, every, at every service point, there is a podium. What are you using your podium to? Some of us, we've done the podium to blacksmith. They've melted the whole thing. Use your podium. It will cost you. It will, and if it's not costing you, check your service. If your service is convenient, check it. If you've not had to miss an, a meeting or a family function to come to church, check yourself. If you've not had to sacrifice sleep to do something in God's house over and over again, check yourself. Check yourself. Check your service. Because your service has to cost you something. Else it's eye service. Praise God. I, I, I recall, you know, when, um, the, when, when the dance department started the concert, because I haven't touched about it the last week, um, the Unrestrained concert, and it was, in fact, I've... As much, as, as much as I enjoyed the process, it was one of the most stressful processes ever because for every concert, 
back to back, three, four, five months before the concert, we are having consistent night vigils every night. Now, David Christian Center is not a vigil church. So it was even a strange, you know, concept at the time. When I say back to back, I'm saying before I got married, when I got married, when my children started coming, it's every Friday like this. See you all tomorrow. Every Friday. Every Friday. How will I not be blessed? I'm not, trust me, I mean, I'm not, it's not, I'm not bragging. I'm just giving facts, facts and figures. How will I not be blessed? Why, why, why would I worry about any other, anything, about things that happen? People, people around me say that, I, I, honestly speaking, I don't worry about things. My wife knows, people around me, people are close to me, I, I really don't worry. Like, you know, get me, we move, you understand? Why should I worry when I'm consistently worried about what's happening in God's house? I'm, I'm, I'm consistently worried about what's happening in the department. I'm concerned about what's happening in transformation. That's where my mind is. That's where my worry is. Why should I be concerned about myself? When God has said, seek me first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And what? Every other thing. Every other thing. So if you are worrying about what you will eat, if you are worrying about where you will sleep, if you are worrying about that job, if you are worrying about that job application, if you are worrying about the business proposal, check your service. Because there's a confidence you have when you serve with God. When you serve God. There's a confidence you have when you give your all. You can't give your all and God will not give you all. You can't. You can't. God is just. God is fair. God is a just God. And it's because God was just that Jesus Christ had to die. Because he couldn't bypass the process. He couldn't bypass the system. It was because of his, how just he was that he sent Jesus Christ. His one and what? Only begotten son. To not just die on the cross with, in, in style. To suffer, to be beaten, to come in the form of a man from being God. He came in the form of a man. Grew up. It's not like he landed as a man. He grew up and came as a child. It mean that maybe Mary was even spanking him sometimes. Jesus, don't do this, don't do this. Embarrassing him up and down. And they're like, I will cancel you. And he went through life. At 30, started in ministry, at the time of the Christian, went through the entire embarrassment of being naked, being flogged, being spat on, being spoken to by men mortals. Then, like, then he now died. God, God is that just. Then you think your small business proposal is God's problem. It's too, it's too, it's too big for God. That's what you should sweat, worry about. Check your service. Check your service. Praise God. Second major point is you need to serve to give, not to receive. You serve because you have already been served. You got served. You hear that? Jesus Christ has served you. It's our life responsibility to give back continuously till we drop, till we rapture. One of the, whichever one reaches you, or whichever one catches you along the way. But you are serving to give. You're not serving because, oh, you're looking for titles. No. You're not doing that. I, I don't think there's any minister in this church that when he came to church, he said, and that's what said, ah, the top. You'll be a pastor one day in this church. And instead doing eye service. It doesn't work that way. Have a one-on-one conversation with ministers in this church. People are just going about doing their work and loving on their God. And in fact, you sometimes you even want to hide and do it. You just want to hide. God has been eyeing like this. Say, hey, that's a pastor. No, that's an angel. Can't tell pastor. The angels come. Pastor, okay. See that guy. See that guy. He's hiding under the chair. He's packing the chair, but he's packing it wet. He has, he has potential. Give him more work. You just walk on. They say, ah, PK is calling. Ah, Papa, how are you? Ah, Papa, how are you doing? Fine. So you pass out to nation now. Like, um, sir, like, how do we go from dance to pastoring? <laughs> What's going on? Literally, it's, it's not eye service. It's not eye service. And I said earlier, you, everybody has a stage. You need to understand that everybody has a stage. You have a stage. When I was being followed up on, when Christy used to come to my house to follow up, Christy was not a pastor. Christy is not a pastor in this church. And the point I made of Pastor Maka dragging me and being con- I'm trying to get me here, Sammy Smith and um, Neka, they were not pastors. I don't, they were not always specifically leaders in church. You have a stage. Use your stage. Use your stage. 
Don't take it for granted. Don't just say, oh, I'm in church. I'm just catching crews. You cannot be catching crews in church. Jesus Christ did not catch crews on the cross. You cannot be catching crews in church. Are we playing here? Are we, we're not playing. You cannot, you cannot be here and not go about the master's work. You can't. You can't. Then you're in service, then you're a worker, then we're still chasing. Also, you've said you want to come and work. We're still chasing you to do the work. Who are you? Who are you? See, in this thing, it's either you're all in or you're all out. See, see, I used to tell people, I said, see, it's better. If this work is not, you're not, it's better you're not doing this work. Let us be saving you. I don't mind. Let's be saving you. But it's better. But you cannot be doing like this. One leg in, one leg out, one leg in, one leg out. Your blessing says be doing one leg in. When you want to catch it, do one leg out. Blessing will come again, one leg in. One leg out. Say, ah, make up your, you say, blessing, make up your mind. Blessing will tell you, make up your own mind too. You can't. You, you cannot get the reward. Those that work, those that are employed, you have a contract that says, work, your work is Monday to Friday. You cannot by yourself decide, I will choose to come on Tuesdays and Thursdays, the hours of four to five alone. Thank you very much. Pay me my salary by the end of the month, or I'll resign. They will sack you. <laughs> Better still, they just leave you, so you just be doing the work, month end, wait for salary. You think God is not just? You think God sleeps? You think God slumbers? Praise God. I'm sharing a story like this. So sacrifice is key in service. Sacrifice is key in service. Sacrifice is key in service. You need to give. You need to, if you need to bleed, bleed. Sacrifice is key in service. And even when, that, when your sacrifice doesn't seem to be recognized, because... Another problem is that we, we concern ourselves with, too much with men. You're not working for men. You're not working for Pastor Jethro. You're not working for Pastor K. You're working for God. And the person that you're working for has 24 hours CCTV on you. So, what is your problem? Oh, I've been, working, I've been in this church for the past 10 years. They've not been working on appreciation. When Pastor K was work, work, appreciating people, I thought he would call my name. I thought you call my name. I've been here since, after all. 20 years. I've been here since. We didn't call my name. This church said, Twin. <laughs> I would rather be concerned about building heavenly treasures than earthly recognition. In fact, ignore me, deny me, disgrace me. Let me be invincible. The person that matters sees me. And that's all that counts. So in this service thing, don't be looking for HOD to be, ah, great guy, you served well. Do your work. And it's your employer that will tell you you served well. Do your work. And service is such a beautiful thing. Leaving all to give all. And God takes care of the all that you left. I see, at every single growth, every single time I have grown in my career, <laughs> it has come when I needed to grow. Or every single time I have changed job, it has come when I needed to change job. Not because while working was bad, and I've changed job a couple of times. Some people call me, I'm not saying it's but... When I needed to, because the person I'm working, the real person I'm working for, and when I need, when, when that time comes, me, I usually know. So, whether I've worked there for two years, so I've been two years, whether I've worked there for, whether it's, uh, once it's time, I said, God, it's time, it's time. Some, it's head on that found me. Some, it's colleague that called me. In fact, most of my, since only like one or two jobs I really applied for, all the places I've worked, is. I, I knew I needed to move. My employer knew I needed to move. And my employer moved me. So that's some interviews I, 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 I went for. Like the, my last, when I went for the interview like this, I knew I was going to get a job. You no, know, because I, I knew it was time. 
I'm not doing, uh, I'm not rolling dice. I know I'm not rolling dice. Because I'm, I'm working for the person that is working for me. I'm working for, so I cannot be bothered, I cannot be worried. If you are worried, check your service. Praise God. Keep your fire burning. Don't get tired of serving. There will be days you are tired, you are discouraged. There will be days that, like, man, what's going on? See, keep at it. God is not looking for perfection. If you are perfect, then if we are all perfect, then what are we doing? What's the Christianity about? God is not looking for perfection. God is looking for a willing heart. King David had a willing heart. King, King David was not... If you look at black and white, King David was not a great... He was a great guy, but he was not really a great guy. You understand? He did some things, doings and doings. We know the story now. There's no time. I can't start going. King David ran some stuff, man. Moses killed somebody. But you need to be willing. And as long as you are willing, God is like, game on, let's do this. The story of Elijah, you know Elijah did premature. The last thing I'm tired, because are you sure, are you sure? We are rest, rest. They fed him, angel came, angel, angel. I don't understand. If I'm, I'm going to say, if I want to ask Elijah, but Elijah, when you saw angel coming, I felt that God, God, God was still, I mean, the angel that brought food for you could have fought the, any, I mean, anybody that came, was coming to kill you. What was the problem? He said, I was tired. God said, okay, rest, rest, rest. He rested. He journeyed. Look, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of thinking that that journey that he took to come and meet God, because God could have just met him where he was. God wanted him to just think, just think, think this thing through. Eat, belly drink water, sleep. Yeah, come. Be, come. When I come, be thinking about it. And he came, climbed the mountain, and God said, yeah, tell me, tell me again. He said, what? I'm tired. He said, you're tired, Abby. You're tired, Abby. You're tired, Abby. Yes, you're tired. I said, okay, go anoint Elisha. And as long as you are willing, God is willing. As long as you, in your heart, you, you know, you are, you are willing and hungry to serve. You are hungry to do God's will. You are hungry to serve in his house. God is willing to bless you. God is willing to be there for you. God is willing to empower you to do the work. God is willing to empower you to do the work. You just need to be willing. The amazing thing about God is that God equips you then he helps you do the work that he's sending you to. I don't understand. Growing up, those days, because I, had, I have um, six siblings. Big house. I don't know. My father is a legend. Tried. My other brother would come, um, go, and, go and buy something for me. Just imagine my other brother telling me to go out, maybe from my house, I should go and buy something for me. Then I'm going. He now comes. Say, okay, enter the car. Let me take you to buy this thing I want to buy for me. We now get there. Now gives him the money. Take. Yeah, buy the thing. Come back. Yeah, let me drop you. And now come back. He, the person that sent me a message, oh, now brings me back home. When now, I say, I'll take out of the thing I told you to buy for me. Does it make sense? That's God. That's God. He, God is just so passionate about blessing you. You need to be passionate about serving him. And that service is what has defined my DCC story, to be honest. In fact, this year, I had to tell someone to make shirts for me. Because I realized that all my shirts, DCC shirts, I'm unrestrained. Uh, this, this, every shirt, I, I look at cloth again for this house. Every shirt, DCC shirt, DCC shirt, DCC shirt, it's one shirt or the other. I have, there are plenty, I have a couple of full DCC, DCC. Wait, see. Now let me come to church. Do I have witnesses in the house? Ah. We should, we, I think we should do that challenge, that uh, thing that the changing shirt. If you train, we should do it. So it'd be nice. We have shirts. We have shirts. Ah! And we are still making more. I still do have shirts. Ah! If 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 you, if you don't have more than four or five DCC shirts, when you see me, do like it greets me very well. Though. We're not meet in this church. We're not meet in this church. We're not meet. Praise God. Finally, understand your assignment. Understand your assignment where you are. Know the work and know your work. Okay? 
Sí. I feel the need to reiterate the fact that there's a 99.9999999% probability that 99.99% of us here will never preach on this pulpit. Never. It will never happen. No, because it's not swear, it's fact. In your individual space, use it. You, you will never know the impact. You will never know the seeds you are planting. You will never know what you are doing. You will never... <laughs> during Camp David, Pastor M talk about um, 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 multi... How do you call this thing? The teenagers, help me now. Um, eh? Ah, that's, ah. We just close church. The one about multi-marketing something. Eh? Eh? Network market, yeah, network marketing. Because I made it, and for me, that, when I heard that thing, like, I was, you know when I, my spirit came out, like, hmm. Then I enter my body back, so that, you know, it's pretty go too far, you know, <laughs> Now, Pastor M made and I said something. Pastor M said that Christianity, like, the work we're doing here is, like, network marketing. And then network marketing, you bring one person, that will bring three people, three people will now bring another three people, then when the three people will now, they will now give you pay a particular amount. Then when the three people will now bring another three people, each person bring three people, they will now pay you another amount. Then now, can you imagine the person that led Pastor K to Christ? If, I you know there's a reward for souls. The network market, as in the what's will be accruing. So if the person is, if the person is not yet in heaven, but when the person goes to heaven like this, and my father's son sit down, sit down. <laughs> when the person gets to heaven, you think it's big for the person who's staying? Second question: Do you think is the person a pastor today? Is the person preaching on the pulpit? Call this person, follow up the person to come to church. That may be your pastor K. Don't underestimate where you are serving. Everywhere you are serving is important. Everywhere you are serving is crucial. Everywhere you are serving can save a soul. It may be from how the person, I mean, someone's depressed and he came to church and he just sees somebody at the, and the smile, the guy just smiled and said, welcome to church. like, man, man, this must be how God smiles. It may be how polite the usher was when he, when I, I mean, when he walks in. And usher is smart. I say, okay, please, can you come here? I say, I want to sit down here. I say, okay, actually, you know, here is reserved for, or here is filled up. Not, no, sit down here. No. It's, is it how? And I'm thinking about it. I'm like, wow. Like, I'm like, this church, oh my God, so warm. Then they come out for first timers. When they uh, first timers come out, the whole church stood up. Like, ah, church. See me, they're clapping for like this. Then and I'll be, I say, in fact, I'll burn again. Not the altar call because of that. I remember, and the whole church is celebrating. I say, angels are eh, for me. You're, see, you're standing up to appreciate first timers. That is a pulpit. It is a pulpit. When people give their lives to Christ, they need to understand that it's a thing of joy. You know, so when they like first timers, like, ah, ah. appreciate them. Let them feel and understand that it is a big deal. That is a pulpit. You don't need to be the person preaching here. You don't need to be the person. You just do you where you are and give it your all. Give it your all. You don't, you don't know the impact of, and this is just in trouble. Now, even outside, when you leave the four corners of this dome, your life has to be a message. Your life has to be a message. You need to be preaching every day. Not opening Bible and saying receive it. No, that's not it. Your lifestyle is a message. All the people that you've told waka on the road. If they come to church and they see you, they will say, Ah, oh, this is where this is Lay Waka. They will for another church. It's, um, it's funny, but it's fact. It's fact. 
You be nice, be a good person, be gentle, have the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, have all those characters, all those traits. You are living for God because your life is no longer yours. You don't have the right to live for yourself anymore because Jesus has taken that right and given you everlasting life. So live for him. Let your living, your waking, your sleeping, your moving, everything you do, let it be for God. And when you come to his house, when you come to his house, it's all or nothing. What did I say? All. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your energy. If you're not going to serve with your all, you're not going to sacrifice, if you're not going to give your all in God's house, please do not come. Stay home. Or just come to let us serve you. We will serve you gladly. We will serve you gladly. But don't waste your time. Don't deceive yourself. But if you're telling yourself that I'm one, I want to serve, then do it with all your power, with all your might, with everything within, with all resources you can possibly give. Because God is a rewarder of the just. God will reward you. And there's a reward for service. God is a just God. He will not abandon. He will not leave you. He may feel like, oh, things are hard. Things are tough. God is faithful. And he keeps proving himself over and over again. And no matter how disgruntled you may be, no matter how upset you may be with God and life, if you take stock of your life and you say God is not good, you are a liar. Praise God. As I wrap up, one thing... One of my constant prayers, in fact, and no, 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 I'll share that. One of my constant, <clears throat> one of my constant prayers is that, and can, can we be on our feet as we wrap up? One of my constant prayers is that, Lord, may I never be redundant in your house. Like, may I never get to a point where I'm no longer useful. God forbid. And I want us to pray that prayer tonight. I want us to say, Father God, I'm giving my all to you. I'm, I'm, giving, I'm rededicating my, 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 myself to serve you. With my time, with my resources, with, my, with everything. Let me not get too comfortable. Let me not get too familiar with your service. Let me not get too familiar with serving you. Let me understand that serving you is life. Let me understand that serving you is life. May I never get over familiar with serving you, Lord. May I never be redundant in your house. May I never get to the point where I'm no longer needed, where my service is no longer required because of my pride because of my issues because of my baggage because of me may I never feel too big to serve you may I never feel too wealthy to serve you may I never feel too accomplished to serve you in Jesus name I'm just going to pray for some people here and I, I feel very led to this. If you're in a place where you want to do service right, I, I, I really don't want to say that you're dedicating yourself to service, but it's kind of like that. I'm just put your hand, you don't need to come, I just put your hand up and let's pray together. We're reevaluating our service to God tonight. And we're saying, God, I may not have been serving in the best way possible before now. I may not have been serving with all I have to serve or all I have to give. But I'm here saying, <laughs> game on from now. I'll just give like 10 more seconds to put your hand up. There's no shame. There's no shame in it. I'm saying from today on, I'm going to give you my all. I'm going to serve you diligently with my all. I may not have been serving, or I may have been serving, but not serving as I should. But from tonight, 100% or nothing. Can I pray with you tonight? 
Everybody else has been speaking tongues. Father, we commit these ones into your army tonight. We will commit these ones into your service tonight. These ones are for signs and wonders. These ones are for greatness in your home. At every opportunity, they will, be, they will serve you. Nothing will hold them back. Nothing will, dis- will pull them down. They will serve you. In the mighty name of Jesus. I declare that these ones will find where to serve. They will know their assignment. And they will do the assignment. And they will serve diligently all the days of their lives. In the mighty name of Jesus. And I step down, just say a prayer for yourself tonight. Say, if God, if I've been giving 100% before, I'm giving 200% from now. I, I'm, I'm doing more. I'm giving more. I'm going to serve you more. I'm going to serve you with more of me. I'm going to serve you with everything within me. In Jesus' mighty name, we've prayed. If you are here today and you've not given your life to Jesus, that's, that's the first point. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, you don't have a personal relationship with God, wherever you are right now, I need to put your hand up and let's lead you to the winning team. Let's lead you to an employer who will always keep you employed. Let's lead you to an employer who will work for your benefits. Is there anyone in the house tonight? Hallelujah. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Praise God. Thank you.